Welcome to All Kinds. I'm Chaya. And today we're going to talk about the sporting life. Why is it so hard to take up a sport as an adult? Taking up a sport with your partner can be very tricky. Is love still there in the heat of competition? Wasn't golf supposed to be for old people? Hollywood regrets. Kate Winslet acknowledges the obvious, just in time for her tribute award. Vagina monologues. Let it all hang out? The versus battles. Yes, more of Patty and Gladys. Yes, please. So by now, just at the top of the show, I want to acknowledge many of you are for sure aware of the passing of RBG Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I just want to say rest in peace, Aleha Vashalom. This is a legend, an icon, an inspiration. Some of you have seen the movies. A lot of you are aware of her accomplishments and everything she's done. It's been such a long beautiful, inspirational life. One thing that stands out to me is a quote that she made very, very famous. She got it from someone else. That's an interesting story aside from that. The quote that she says is, I ask no favor for my sex. All I ask of our brethren is that they take their knee off our necks. I mean, obviously now that such a big quote, we've heard it in the context of recently the George Floyd, and it seems very meaningful, but it's about equal rights for all. She championed a lot of equal rights for women especially for gender rights, but that expanded across all rights for people, saying we should all have an equal chance. We're not asking for a special favor. So I always think of that quote when I think about her. And I know she was such an inspirational figure to so many, and I just wish her rest in peace, and I'm glad that, you know, we have these examples to look up to. Other than that, I wanted to talk about the sporting life today because it's been really, really challenging as an adult to take up a sport. I don't know why that is. I mean, I think we get used to, we play sports as a kid and you don't realize that you lose a lot of that as you, you know, get into other priorities in life. You start working, you you have to uh, go to school, maybe at night, maybe during the day, you have children, it, many reasons. And that's why we don't do many sports. But you know, recently with the pandemic and everything, we've been playing a lot of golf. I got my husband into golf about three years ago. I myself took it up a few years earlier than that. But because living in Montreal, we couldn't golf very much. You only went a few times a year. But now that that it's the safe thing to do and we're out and about playing golf, I mean, wow, you need patience for this game. It is brutal. And I'm pretty terrible. I mean, I don't know if I'm terrible for given how long I've golfed. You watch it on TV, but they've all been doing it since they're three years old. They're in hardcore golf programs. It used to be you just thought, you know, people retire and they go play golf. And I'm like, how hard can this be? And you still see old people out on the course and they're amazing at it. And I'm like, why can't I hit this stupid ball? Meanwhile, my husband's like a natural born talent at this thing. I told him, I said, oh, it takes like a lifetime to crack a hundred. And there he is like consistently doing it already. And I'm like still struggling. And I'm like, okay, we got to keep the peace, you know, because we tend to get a little competitive. And I'm like, what other sports are there that we can do together? And as I looked around, I'm like, well, we're not going to ride some old fashioned tandem bicycle. Like what sports can couples do? I'm like, well, since golf's an old people's sport, should we be looking at other old people's sports? Should we install like shuffleboard on our balcony? I mean, there's not a lot of options when you think about it. And I always think I'm going to be this like coordinated person, but I'm not. And I think a lot of people would be surprised to find out if you try a sport now that maybe you even played when you were younger, that you're just not quite there. And of course, everything hurts the next day. And you got to be careful with the injuries. I'm like, eh, it's just a little bruise. A week later, I'm like, what the heck is this thing still doing here on my leg? It's pretty tough. I mean, I was thinking about it in terms of, 
okay, this will be fun. We'll get out. We'll, you know, it'll be also bonding. It'll be fun for us. But it's gotten pretty heated, I got to say. So I try to remember, you know, I'm here to have fun. This is not too competitive. I can't think of anything else that we could do. I think we need more sports. I'm like, is yoga an actual sport? I mean, to me, that's really just stretching. Like, I don't go in for the chanting or anything like that. And every time I think of chanting, obviously, we have to think about, you know, what's love got to do with it? The Tina Turner movie, where at the end, she's like, Nam Yoho Renge Kyo. That's all I think about when anyone starts chanting. I'm like, no, I no Nam Yoho Renge Kyo, peace, love, whatever. But that's not a sport. Maybe it should be, though. It can get pretty competitive. Like, I know it's supposed to be about peace and love, but I've taken some yoga classes. Like, I'm just there for the stretch and the workout. And I'll see some people warming up beforehand, and they flex hard. Like, you'll see them, like, standing up on their head or on their elbows, stuff like that. I'm like, they're like, don't worry, it'll come with time. I'm like, that's not going to happen with any kind of time. And if it does, you'll probably have to take me to the hospital. It's just not happening. So I don't think that's a sport. I've tried to get my husband to do it. He's not down with it. I think that I told him, I said, it's just stretching. There's something about it. He thinks yoga. He's not going to be able to do it. I said, there's a yoga for everybody. It's literally stretching. That's all it is. But you don't realize it. You think, how hard can this be? And then halfway through a class, you're like, why am I sweating? Because apparently stretching is working out. And different types of stretches, like apparently they say you're using muscles you never lose sorry never use and that's why you're actually working out you're burning the calories i mean when i first started doing it i was doing it for like health benefits you know my doctor's like you should do it it'll help you de-stress and it'll help your muscles feel relaxed and then i tried this like 30-day yoga challenge it was just basically a yoga studio saying you come every day for 30 days at this special rate but people lost weight off it i mean And it didn't matter what class you took. You didn't have to take like a power yoga or whatever yoga. And people do get competitive, like I said, but you go at your own pace. Ignore them. I tried the hot yoga and they are not kidding around. It is very hot and they will not open a window no matter how much you beg and plead. I can assure you of that. And of course, you're going to meet the people who are in the yoga for the whole lifestyle. Like they're just there to you know, say the different chants. They know all the different moves, what they're called. I, to this day, I, I I can't get them right. There's a chaturanga. Uh, I don't know. All I know is the namaste part. Like, hello, goodbye, thank you. I've stretched, I feel better. Thank you very much. But the golf is really where it's at. I can just golf and do yoga. I can't think of another sport. If you guys know a sport, send it to me. We were going swimming together, but obviously we can't right now because they, you know, have to keep the lockers closed for safety reasons. So, I don't think that's going to be happening anytime soon, but I'm trying to think of sports that a couple can do together. I know there's tennis, but I don't know. I guess it depends at your levels, if you're at the same level. But if you guys have any idea of sports that adults can do or that couples can do together, that would be great. And obviously something that maybe we can all have access to, that would be the ideal thing. Speaking of battling it out, I don't know if you guys have heard about these versus battles. These are um, battles where they take these musicians and they compete against each other. I think it's on Instagram and I kept missing it. I heard that Brandy was versus Monica. But then I was like, I heard that Gladys and Patti LaBelle, sorry, Gladys Knight and Patti LaBelle were going to be doing one. I was like, oh, no, I can't miss this. And I did miss it because I didn't know what time, where, whatever. But they have tons of them on YouTube. And it was such a joy to watch these ladies. I mean, I think Dion makes a surprise appearance uh, toward the end of it. They were just sitting there gabbing. It was amazing to watch. So basically, they were together in the same place. I think it was a theater. And they knew they were online. 
but you know they're they're uh, mature ladies and uh, i don't i got the impression they weren't too familiar with all these applications like they knew people were watching them but not having an audience in front of them made it very funny they kept talking throughout and it was like you were a fly on the wall in their conversation which was just amazing and delightful to see it was very entertaining they would sing parts of a song sometimes a whole song sometimes not the whole thing went on for two hours but it was really like getting a private concert in your living room it was that good so i know there's going to be a lot of battles coming out i got to figure out how to watch it but if you guys are interested check it out it's the versus battles i think they happen weekly and sometimes they're like rappers going up against rappers but they're even doing these legends like patty and gladys i mean when do you get to see that and in such proximity it felt so intimate which was amazing so i also wanted to talk about i keep getting you know the algorithms when you know, on your phone, like recommending you articles and things like that. I keep getting the one popping up about Kate Winslet and how she regrets so much now working with the Woody Allen and Roman Polanski. So apparently she did an interview, I think in Vanity Fair, where she said this, like she goes, what the fuck was I doing working with those guys, honestly? And then she blames Hollywood and like the people around her for peeping these men in such elevated positions and being like, it's OK to work with them. But the reality is, she says again in another interview right after that, where she goes, well, I actually realized it, you know, in 2017. But in 2017, at the same time while she was doing this whole Wonder Wheel press tour, that's when she says she realized, like, what am I doing here? Wait a minute. She was busy defending working with them. She basically was like, it's their business, you know, like, I don't know what's happened. It's their business. And I'm like, OK, you know, you're you're loud and clear during your promotional tour now for, you know, TIFF. She's at the Toronto International Film Festival. She's getting an award there. People are saying she's in contention for Oscar. And it's at this point when, like, they start talking like this, I realize actors are just actors. Like, this is where you need the writers. You know, how many times have we seen an actor and we love them very much for the characters they play? And then you see them go on a talk show or something and you're so disappointed. And they know what the questions are going to be. But that's when you realize they don't write a single word. I know that we think the actors bring a whole spirit to the role, but... Who's to say some unknown couldn't have done the same thing? I mean, I'm not taking away from them. It is a craft, but it doesn't make you those characters. So when you see her talking like this, I'm like, you knew. And it's easy now to stand up and say, what was I doing working with them? I mean, the tide has turned and she's going to get those questions. And now we're at the point where people are speaking a lot more truth where they're like, yeah, like, what were you? I mean, and she didn't just work with them. She was busy defending it. You know, at the same time, she says that, oh, I was wondering what I was doing. Well, you could have said something then and you could have said something when someone asked you. She wasn't a no name. So it's not really a profiling courage, if you will, for her to say now when, of course, everyone's like, you shouldn't be working with these people. I mean, you know, Woody Allen, everyone suspects. I mean, he's married to his wife who, you know, his ex-wife had adopted at like six or seven years old. So even though he claims he lived across the street in a different house, I mean, I read something where the only reason everyone found out about this is I think she was like 20 or something or maybe 19 or 21. It doesn't matter. She was of age technically. But Mia had gone over to Woody's house and she found nude photos of her daughter there. So just think about that. It's one thing to find out your man's cheating on you, but then you see nude photos of your daughter. I mean, come on. So whatever. Yeah, it's his business, but... He's not denying that happened. He's just saying he has a right to it because the heart wants what it wants. And everyone knows about Roman Polanski. And you're saying, yeah, I'm working with them. And it's their business. Okay, well, sure. I mean, it's a very convenient collaborative, if you will, collaborator 
type of way. And I guess she wants to stand up now when it's very fashionable to do so. This is an easy time to come out and trash these individuals. When It was always easy, FYI. The truth will always set you free. But, you know, I guess she's got a new movie and she wants to win that Oscar and she's getting that award and she doesn't want to stay. And I think she says she's all about integrity now and she wants to lead the best example. and People can learn. Well, people did learn and they were telling her then. Well, whatever. As long as, you know, this is what she's saying now, like what everyone has said. So I guess we should give her bravo. I don't know. You know, I'm just like, this is why, you know, really, the more I think about it, I'm like, I'm never excited for an actor's interview anymore these days. I'm like, who knows what they're going to say? They don't write a single word. I could be a bit biased because my sister did win an Emmy for writing. So I'm always very proud of that. And it always makes me look at it a little different. You always hear like actors and comedians making fun of the writers you know, like they'll have a show that we have all oh, those writers and then they always show you pictures of like writers looking all like disheveled and like in a room like with smoke, like having been there for hours. And they're like, we'll treat those writers like whatever. And I think they even rush the writers off with the awards. You know, I'm like, you wouldn't have a single thing to say without these writers. Yes, I know you're making the character your own, but we see you in interviews with bullshit like this. So it's just aggravating. Just entertain us. Tell us about the movie. And put something cute on and tell us who you're wearing and move on. That's all we're asking. This is it, you know? So I'm glad she has regrets now, I guess. But, you know, she had many opportunities. I think it was even Natalie Portman apologized for working with him back in 2018. A lot of people did. It, Me Too happened, you know? But now that she's promoting the movie, now's the time she's like, oh, you know what? Maybe it wasn't the best thing. Well, good. You know, we're moving forward. Good for her. Well, it's time for a commercial from our sponsor. I guess I'll ask myself, who's our sponsor? <laughs> well, this week's episode is brought to you by A Good Cry. Times are tough these days. End of times not being as exciting as some might have imagined. These are heavy days, and sometimes it's hard to feel with all the fight and carrying on. Everyone loves a good laugh, but you can't deny nothing beats a good cry. Whether it's a sad movie, a memory, or a song, when you feel it coming on, don't hold back, let it out. Doesn't matter whether you're choking up in the car or a never-ending Zoom meeting or even your weekly liquor run, let it out. You can go back to holding it all together after. Stoicism only works in a balance. You're not a serial killer, so go ahead and have a good cry. You'll feel so much better. Trust. And I'm back. Speaking of a good cry, you know what really caught me off guard? You know that song Fancy by Reba McIntyre? Oh my goodness. I had never really fully listened to the words, and I guess I didn't know the story around it. And I had it on in the car, and it made me really emotional. I mean, I didn't know it's about, you know, I'm not giving anything away. It's not a spoiler alert, but, you know, it's the song. Uh, it's about a prostitute, essentially. It's about this girl. She's super poor, and they have no money, and she, daddy ran off. The baby's going to die. I save all the money. Here's, you know, a fancy dress. That's all we're able to get. Your name is fancy. I'm going to drive you uptown and... She's like, what am I going to do? She's like, just be nice to the men and they'll be nice to you. And then she goes, you know, here's your chance. Like, you got to do it. And basically her mom sets her up, like pimps her out. And it's the last time she sees of her mom. It's very sad. She said the baby died. Or no, they took the baby. Mama died. She ends up making it in the world. But she's basically saying, like, I had to come from nothing. I knew I'd be a lady one day. I'm like, what an inspirational song. A lot of times we don't listen to the lyrics and then we're pleasantly surprised. There's a lot of that, especially in country music, you know, where songs seem deceptively simple, but they can be very beautiful and uh, very emotional because it's about real stories. I think that's that's where that legacy is. 
I got into country a bit with my mom because we used to go and she liked to play her guitar and there was a bar in Montreal where you could play uh, live music. And the only caveat was you had to sing country songs before 1965 because they didn't want any percussion, so no drums. So it was very hard to find songs from 1965 because you think, oh, this country song must be old, but there's a, a lot. You know, that happened afterwards. And a lot of songs are made to sound like they're before 1965, but they're actually not. They're very modern. But I just kept leaning on Patsy Cline because she had died before then. So I knew every one of her songs was good to go. And then I tried like taking songs from Walk the Line. You know, that movie. Love that movie. I recommend it 100 percent. But you never know what's going to make you cry. That's what I'm saying. And you don't always have a good cry. It's when you think about it, when's the last time you had a good one? So I love a good laugh, but you do feel really great after a good cry. So that's why I thought, if you guys haven't listened to the song Fancy, I guess, you never know what's going to get you these days, right? Well, I was just thinking also, with all the shows we're watching, uh, my friend recently recommended The Crown. I've never seen it, but she's like, that's a great COVID watch. You know, it's a period piece. It's done really well. And I think I'm going to get into it. I have not started it. There's so many great shows. But I was thinking with all of these housewives, you know what we're missing? We're missing an all-stars. I know it's not a competition. I know it's not, and I know they're reality shows. But we all, the fans of the Housewife franchise, we know it's a show. We know they're put together in instances, you know, to, to make the drama. And everyone's cool with that arrangement. They break the fourth wall, I guess it's called, all the time. But how cool would it be to have an all-stars? We could make it a competition like they would win, I don't know, a million bucks. And you put them like in like a big brother type scenario. But obviously it would have to be luxurious for these ladies. And you pick all the best potsters or whatever. Like you can bring um, bring back Phaedra and then you could put her with, uh, you know, Ramona or, you know, somebody from New York can be with somebody from Dallas, from somebody from Beverly Hills. Think about it. It could be all different kinds of people. And there's so many shows that you would have so many to choose from over and over. Can you picture the grand dame getting into it with Nini? You know, how amazing would that be? Or Lisa Rinna getting into it with Candace? I mean, this would be amazing. You give them competitions, which is what always creates the drama. And they love the cameras. So we'll get to hear good confessionals. I think it's a great idea. They need an all-stars. I would absolutely watch it. Throw them a pile of money. They're anyway getting paid a ton of money and we'll promote their products throughout. Don't worry about it. That would be great to see. But anyway, speaking of ladies, I mean, I love the housewives, but, you know, my sister called me the other day and she had a question about a vagina and I realized how little we know about it. And I was like, no, I don't know that girl. I said, this is a question for a lesbian. I don't know if you guys have any lesbians in your life. We do. We have a sister. And I always look at it, having a lesbian in your life is like having level one tech support for your vagina. I mean, it's not often that you can really see your undercarriage. I mean, I know we all have one, right? But there's a lot that we don't know about it. A lesbian not only has one, but gets up close and personal. So preferably, if you have a lesbian in your life, she's had a few girlfriends, so she's seen more than one or one or two vaginas, and she can give you that kind of advice before you have to go to the gyno. I mean, I have to rely on basically... A lesbian's friends and my husband. Like if you think toilet paper is embarrassing on your shoe, imagine when it's stuck on your puss and you didn't even know. I mean, that's how I find out these things. So, you know, it's hard to bend over and see that much. And everyone is different, but there's enough similarities that if you need that kind of support, definitely check with the local lesbian in your life. I mean, you can't just hold up a mirror constantly and see what it is. We don't know what's going on. 
And my sister was like, all I know is what I learned at school. You know, it's a self-cleaning oven, takes care of itself. And that's all you really need to know. But, you know, they tell you about like a yeasty beastie here and there, but we know nothing. Like I'm very, very, very ignorant on what's going on inside my body. We should know more. I want to say that. I guess maybe it's easier for guys that's on the outside, but I would advise you if there's a lesbian in your life, definitely check with them. If you don't want to go to the gyno right away, that's your first level. They've always helped me out between them and your partner. You should be good to go. So (laughs) I guess I am definitely recommending that. Well, if you like what you hear, don't forget to check us out weekly on iTunes or on your preferred platform. Please give us a rating and subscribe to the show. Give us the stars you think we deserve. Check out our website at allkindspodcast.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter at All Kinds Weekly or on Instagram at All Kinds Podcast. I look forward to hearing from you and maybe I can discuss it on our next show. Thanks for listening.